Hello and welcome to Teach the Children the Truth, Ethnic Studies and Raza Studies in the TK-12 Classroom. I'm Marisa Villegas Ramirez and I'm your host. I'm really excited to be here with you again on a brand new Wednesday with the very first of many interviews of 2023. I'm hoping these interviews will inspire you and motivate you to share your own stories either with me or with the people around you because our stories deserve to be told. Throughout my career, I've worked with some of the most amazing educators in the Bay Area, and I fully believe that our collective stories matter. My own path was lined by the stories that my first mentor shared with me, their experiences as educators and classroom teachers working tirelessly to educate our children in our communities. This made me want to pursue my calling with a passion I never thought I would feel about anything. Now that I find myself in a space where I'm able to bring my colleagues' stories to the world, I'm humbled by the experiences they'll be sharing, the inspiration they can offer, and the dedication that they demonstrate every single day to the youth. I truly believe that these inspiring stories might someday motivate our students to pursue a career in education or to even become ethnic studies teachers themselves to ensure that the field continues to grow and thrive because of their dedication. Today, I have the honor of bringing to you our first interview of 2023 with Mario Garcia, my compadre, my amazing colleague, and my partner in crime, beginning with our first day of teaching at Stonehurst Elementary School in deep East Oakland. Mario Vallejo Garcia was born in Southern California on the last day of 1973. His family then moved north to Oakland, California, soon thereafter when he was only two months old. In Oakland, his parents became very involved in the community and educational activism there, particularly as it connected to the Chicano movement. Among many other things, they were heavily involved with the establishment of both Centro Infantil de la Raza Preschool and La Escuelita Elementary School, two of the very first bilingual Chicano-Latino-oriented schools in the Bay Area. Mario attended all Oakland public schools in his early education, including Centro and La Escuelita. He graduated from Oakland Technical High School in 1992 before starting his freshman year at the University of California at Berkeley in the fall of that same year. He graduated from UC Berkeley with honors in the spring of 1997 with a major in ethnic studies and a minor in education. Upon graduating, Mario was soon hired by the Oakland Unified School District and has worked there ever since. As a full-time classroom teacher, he taught grades third through fifth for 23 years at Stonehurst Elementary, now Esperanza and Korematsu Discovery Academies, and Encompass Academy, both in the East Oakland Flatlands. For the last three years, he's been working as an EEIP, Enrichment and Early Intervention Program teacher at Encompass, where he wears many hats and provides various forms of school-wide support for all TK through fifth classes, including small group and whole class ELA, ELD, and math instruction, newcomer support, and physical education. He hopes to continue to work with and serve youth and his beloved Oakland community at large 
for many years to come. This will be a two-part interview with the second half airing next Wednesday, so make sure to come back to hear this entire story. Mario has a lot of wisdom to share. He comes from a family of educators and has inspired many youth across Oakland. Please enjoy. All right. Hey, Mario, how you doing? It's good to see you. I'm glad we were finally able to connect and that I'm, I'm excited to have you on my podcast. Yes, yes, no doubt. You will. It's good to be here. It's uh, it's been a while. It's, it's been, been a while. while. Yeah. I feel like it's it's long overdue, pero al mismo tiempo it's like you know happens when when it's meant to. And that's so, right. So very glad to be here, comadre. Thank you. And I want to just acknowledge that you know it's a Friday. It's been a long day. We've both been you know teaching and um, you know thank you again for your time. No doubt. But yeah. Um, yeah, been been a long week. Even even with uh, even with Dr. King on, uh, on Monday, it's still That's right. <laughs> still been a long week. But like right. I said, nah, it's a pleasure to be here. All right. So I just want to, um, you know, I'm excited about being able to give you an opportunity to share your story. And you know, we go way back. I mean, we've been mm-hmm. in this game for over 25 years, mm-hmm. and. Um, I know a lot of your story, but I want other folks to get to hear your story because I feel it's it's very important to uplift the work that that educators are doing in the town. So I want to go ahead and just jump into the questions. Um, I want to know did you did you always want to be an educator, and um, and if not, what what did you envision for yourself as a child or a young man? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I, I can pretty safely say that I, I it wasn't it definitely wasn't something I always had um, as a goal or an idea that I would that I would become an educator. Definitely not. Um, but you know, when I think about it, I do feel that to some degree, at least, it was um, it was kind of my subconscious from a young age for the simple fact that you know um, I have many educators in my familia and and. In my community, I was kind of surrounded a lot of times by teachers and um, educators. And yeah, so through that, I think maybe there was kind of a semilla there that was planted, but it definitely wasn't until um, I'd say, you know, late in my college years that I really, really was sure I wanted to go into education. Um, And, you know, when I was a young boy, I think, I guess sort of, at least in those days, sort of kind of more, I thought about more stereotypical maybe things that you would expect a, a young vato to say, like, you know, I'm going to be a futbolista when I grow up. Like I was, I've always been into sports. I'm a sports fan to this day. Mm-hmm. And um, I really, I, I, I very much remember, and you know, I just, you know, my early elementary school days, it would always, when someone asked me what I want to be when I grew up, it would usually be something with sports, you know, first mm-hmm. soccer, then oh, a football player, basketball player, baseball player, all of it. I was into mm-hmm. all that. Um, and an, another one I very clearly remember in my young years was the fact that I, I, I loved animals, still do to this day. Um, mm-hmm. But I was really into animals all my life. And I always I envisioned myself as a kid doing something that had to do, with, you know, con, con animales. Uh, sometimes I think, oh, a veterinarian. 
um, in those days, you know, I wouldn't think this now, but I think I even <laughs> thought so. It's thought, oh, maybe like something in the circus or something, right? But <laughs> you know, and I know that sounds kind of trippy. Tamer. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It was just oh, I just thought it was so cool to be with animals. But one memory I definitely have pretty vivid is um, telling telling my my mama that um, they like brainstorming with her jobs i want to do something with animals and i said i got it i'm gonna be a zookeeper <laughs> and that that was one i think that i really seriously said for for years you know in my young years yeah, yeah so <laughs> um but you know as, as the years went on a lot of other things came to mind um especially once i got to middle school high school i really got into uh to to writing um to, to this day, I, I like to write. Uh, and I always felt, I think by middle school, I knew that I, whatever I did, it had something to do with being a writer within some capacity. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, maybe maybe it was around high school or so, I also started envisioning something that had to do with, with, with working with youth. Mm -hmm. But it never, never until college was it like, I wanna be a teacher, uh, you know, or, or even an educator. And even before I started thinking of being a teacher, if anything, I was thinking more of maybe like a coach, mm -hmm. like a sports coach mm -hmm. or like a youth counselor type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I can I can envision you in either one of those roles. Yeah. As well like, yeah. Really yeah. Well, so I mean, I, I do it now in my current position, yeah. pretty much <laughs> what, what I do uh, here at Encompass uh, is, is like that. Yeah. Do you want to share real quick what your what your my current, current role my, is my current position? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm what they call an EEP teacher, uh, e, uh, let me see. E -E -I -P, which is Enrichment and Early Intervention Program, mm -hmm. which is a fairly new position we have at our site, which uh, it, it means a lot of things. But long story short, I guess you say the bottom line is, is, you know, I wear many hats and I do, I, I do work with small groups. I do pull, push, push in and pull out work mm -hmm. for ELA math. Um, I, I'm in charge of a lot of the yard supervision. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm the school's official PE coach. So I live, I am do wow. all the physical education as well. Um, so I do a lot of different things, which yeah. is a very new role for me. Cause I was a classroom right. teacher for 24 years. Yeah. Yeah. you know, with mostly like fourth and fifth grade. And mm -hmm. now I literally work with every class. I do TK through fifth. Um, and it, it's, it's beautiful. It's, yeah, it's real cool. Wow. That's that. And I love that, you know, schools are, at least I know in Oakland schools, you know, administrators are responsive to the needs of the community mm -hmm. and the needs of the staff as well, you know, and being able to think outside of the box and create roles that are going to, respond to what the, what the students need in mm -hmm. order to, you know, do better both academically and socially and emotionally as well, you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's pretty much what we, we did at my site and, you know, mainly my principal mm -hmm. and myself kind okay. of, you know, sitting at the table and, you know, talking about, you know, what, what does the school need and where, where can I help with that? And, so yeah, that's kind of where this this E position. Mm -hmm. I've been doing that for the last. Uh, well, technically, let's see. This would be technically my third year. My first official year doing it was, but it was distance learning, right. which was a whole trip yeah. and a half. You know, you know oh, that yeah. it was like 
I don't want to say like I don't count that one. I don't want to say that, but yeah. you know, I I feel like more this is my second year in this right. new position, um, and it's taken some getting used to. You know, it, yeah. it's it's different. It's the same in some way. I'm still teaching. I'm still in class. I'm still in classrooms yeah. every day, and I'm doing everything from whole class sure. to small group to even one on one stuff. And yeah. yeah, and you're really getting to know like the whole student body as opposed to just working with like one or two class groups you know which i remember we used to do like we'd share two yeah. two groups of total of 40 about 40 students you know and simon simon so. yeah no big time is in fact um you know i i did i did love the 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 way as a full-time classroom teacher um kind of those those closer knit relationships i mm -hmm. could build with with the students yeah. um i i kind of missed that in a little bit but one of the things I do really dig the most about this new position is that I, I get to know almost mm -hmm. every student in the school pretty much. That's a whole new experience. Um, yeah. And and it's cool. And it's my first time, honestly, really working with the younger grades. Right. And uh, yeah, you got that, the kinders now, too. Hey, I tell even you, the TKs, I, I've told a few people, you know, and I was a little surprised by it, not totally surprised, but, uh, you know, I didn't really expect to love working with the mm -hmm. the, the little, little yeah. ones so much, but it is such a blessing. I mean, just that pure, unconditional right. love and just their desire to learn, their hunger right. for knowledge and their excitement about being at school. And, yeah. oh man, I, you know, you can't buy that for a dollar, not man. It's, 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 it's cool. Yeah, it probably, I mean, we're both parents too, so it probably, you know, brings you back to a little you bit, know, yeah. Your, your boys, right? I mean, hey, especially they're men now, so you don't, exactly. you don't really get that. So, uh, yes, you know, I was just nice about connection. to say, yeah. yeah, now, now that, now that my two, two boys are not boys, yeah. son hombres, mm -hmm. I miss that. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, that's part of it, but, um, yeah, I, I think uh, things we're, we're you know we're still figuring a few things out, but it's been it's been real good. I right. feel good about it. Well, I'm excited to see how this role evolves, mm -hmm. you know, and and uh, even the possibility that it could um, be looked at as you know, I don't know if other schools are doing it or if this is mm -hmm. you know Miss Wynn's kind of like baby, mm -hmm. but I mean if it's going well here and you know the district gets wind of it right you know it could right. be a model for for other schools to also think outside the box especially since you know a lot of our schools there's this black and brown schools right and we know that you know community needs may be different in our community than in other communities so you know yeah no doubt um yeah the um I should probably also mention, you know, there's there's a couple other teachers that also are in this EAT program, but we all do different things. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you meant, meant, mentioned uh, the principal, Principal Chum Win, you know, who's been doing amazing work here in East Oakland mm -hmm. for, uh, wow, what, 19, 20 years Long now? Um, so, uh, you know, kind of wanted to shout her out there. Uh, another thing that I want to mention about the position is uh, one of my favorite things about it is the newcomer program that we mm -hmm. created where um, we, we've always tried to support newcomers, como, you know, recién llegados, those that have, those who, that have uh, been in the U.S. for, well, there's different definitions of it, but usually they, they consider anyone from like four years or less to be a newcomer. Right. But so there's kind of different levels, N1, N2, N3. But mm -hmm. um, 
you, we always try to support them and their families in any way we can. But last year was the first year we had an official program that I was the, the teacher and coordinator of basically, along with Miss Wynn, but mm -hmm. I was the teacher who would uh, pull students out of class that were newcomers yeah. and uh, do work with them outside of class. And, oh, it was so uh, rewarding for both myself as well as, as the students. They mm -hmm. loved it. I loved it. Yeah. It was it was probably my favorite part of the day, honestly, just, just getting to work with them. And it meant so much to them. It gave them just this kind of... Um, uh, this really safe place where they yeah. really felt heard and understood. And I think all the teachers and, and people at our school try to do that. But I mean, it, it's it's a little harder when right. there's not that designated time in small groups sure. to just do that. So there's a lot I could, man, I could do the whole interview probably about that. that <laughs> but um, that but anyway. might be something we need to come back to in <laughs> right. the future and maybe get Miss Wynn involved and, you know, other maybe. folks that are you know, I'm, I'm definitely open to that. I mean, it's yeah. all serving the community, right? So it's, yeah, it yeah, a, a lot I could say about it, but I, yeah. you know, you get, you get the vibe, you know, it's, yeah. uh, but yeah, so I, I, I play many, many right. roles, but that's definitely one that means a whole lot to me. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Um, so I kind of want to take you back to the question of what inspired you to take this journey to begin with. And I know, you know, you touched on on your family. And again, I want to uplift that, you know, you come from a family of educators, your mm -hmm. father, you know, Joel Garcia, professor at UC Berkeley, and uh, your mom, a, you know, career teacher for Oakland Unified, your brothers in San Leandro, mm -hmm. and your sister, you mentioned she's down south, right? Yeah, she, my, my sister teaches high school in San Diego. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, it, is definitely a calling. Um, it's, in, it's, in, it's in the blood, Dan Mi Sangre, uh, along with many other things. But mm -hmm. yeah, de yeah. De definitely, the, you know, and también, you know, tios, tias, I have extended family right. that work with in some capacity yeah. within education. So in that regard, it's not shocking at all yeah. that I became a teacher. But in a, in a sense, for me, it was surprising because, like I said, it's not something I aspired to it. it 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 evolved it very much evolved over the over the years um i guess i'll also mention you know bringing up my my parents in particular um one i think before it, it kind of i guess crystallized into being a teacher and even more specific you know like a classroom teacher in, in oakland unified school district um i think Besides what I mentioned earlier, the idea of working with youth, it was very much the idea of uh, giving back to the community. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that that yes. was something that was really entrenched in me from a from a very young age. Another thing would be that um, in addition to what I had mentioned earlier about having an idea fairly early on, or at least by high school, that I might want to work with with the youth in some capacity um beyond that you know there was also very much the uh the idea of of giving back to the community that that was very important to me something i i could envision myself doing something like that um in the future and that's very much you know influence from my family i was kind of entrenched in me from from a very young age so yeah, you know, giving back to to la comunidad in, in some capacity and not forgetting where you come from, 
all that kind of stuff is very much uh, a part of my identity to this day. So um, that was that that kind of philosophy and, and way of thinking is another thing that that led me to education. And, and you know, me, you know, I'm, I'm straight from the town, you know, I'm, I'm an Oakland cat, man, you know, so it's like um, the, all my career has been Oakland Unified School District and I, I myself am a product of that school district. And um, yeah, so that, that that's an important part I'm in. Wow, definitely. Um, you mentioned the word community right now, and it made me think back to the very special and unique community that we had in our in our first school that we, mm -hmm. we started teaching together in 1997 like right yeah. fresh out of cow you know we both you yeah. graduated in ethnic studies i graduated in chicano studies and um i'm you know in my mind i'm, I'm kind of just reminiscing on I'm, I'm wondering what your spark was you know like mm -hmm. what those first few days and weeks and months felt like because i know that mm -hmm. we built a lot together we designed curriculum together we did uh, school-wide events community events we did a lot of organizing during the time that we were teaching there together so i'd love to hear your thoughts and memories about that time and what uh what inspired yeah. you yeah, you know, um, you know, that 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 was a while ago. <laughs> um and, but I remember I, I remember it well. Um so you know, I, I, as you mentioned, I'm I'm an ethnic studies major, you, you know, UC Berkeley ethnic studies major, had a minor in education. You were Chicano studies with a minor in education. And of course we met before we even started teaching together. Our our familias were already connected in a lot of ways. But um it was definitely when we became colleagues that we became, you know, really close camaradas like that. And um, it was definitely a very, very special time. Tiempo sagrado. Like I, I, I remember it very fondly. Um, and it's to the point like, man, like I, I could get emotional thinking about it. I mean, it, it really is hard to put into words, but it was powerful, man. Uh, we were bringing this whole new energy, not not to say that we were the first to ever do it, but I know that certain combination of teachers there, that, that 97, 98 school mm -hmm. year, or our very first year teaching, at least, you know, full-time professionally like that. Um, it was special, man. It, it was special. Um, and now I'm just thinking of all the amazing colleagues. I'm hesitant to start naming them because I know I'm going to leave people out, but Man, you know, tu y yo, you know, Chastity Garcia, uh, man, my, my primo Cheto, Samuel Martinez. Uh, uh, comadre uh, Diana Iniguez. Comadre Diana Iniguez, Diana Vélez. Mitoko. Mitoko was Garcia. even there. Mitokayo, Senor Garcia. He's now a superintendent across the bay, yeah, right? Yeah, I believe. Is it Moran? Moran. Uh, I think yeah, it's Moran. Yeah, man, he's doing big things. Yeah. Um, Claudio Vargas. Claudio Vargas, uh, Dolores, Eva, Beleche. I mean, I, I could go on and on. I, I almost want to stop there because, man, it's going. Yes. And, yeah. and we can't forget Mary Cook, oh, our yeah. beloved principal who yes. recently passed away. 
rest in peace, rise in power. Right. Yes, yes. All that, all that. Yeah, we we attended her her funeral not too long yeah. ago, and it was it was powerful. It was emotional. But uh, yeah, so she, you know, as she was my the first principal I ever worked for, and um, it was it was a unique time. It was very very different back then. I would love to hear your thoughts and memories on the the curriculum, the lessons that Brown Pride that we brought mm -hmm. to the school, to the students, the connections that we made. What are some of your memories of that time? Mm -hmm. um, well, um, you know, we're, we're talking about Stonehurst Elementary School, which, which now is uh, Korematsu KDA, right? Korematsu Discovery Academy, mm -hmm. y también con, con Esperanza. Right, Esperanza, right? dual language. Um, but that's 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 in the deep east, deep east Oakland, um, and uh, it, it used to be called Stonehurst. Uh, so that that that's that's where it began in terms of our professional career. Um, and I would say, you know, think about the curriculum. I mean, it it. it it's a little complicated, you know, um, but overall we had so much more freedom with, with what we, we can did. do. And, and that, that type of academic freedom, um, I know some people don't necessarily agree with it, but I'll tell you firsthand that that's when real teaching happens. You know, I don't, I don't mind having like a general guide. I mean, in fact, that can be helpful, but uh, we, we, you know, God bless Mary Cook otra vez, you know, she really trusted us, had faith in us and um, respected our work. Uh, she she gave us a lot of freedom on what we can teach. And like you said, you and I brought a very powerful element of cultural pride um, to primarily Raza. And that was the majority of the school and the majority of our students. But we, you know, but it was not just Raza. We brought that to the African-American students and, um, and you know, I think there were a few Asians, but it was definitely mostly, you know, black and brown without a doubt or casi todos, no? Um, and, you know, it's when we, when I say we brought that brown or black pride or, or, or just, you know, cultural consciousness, I don't mean to say like we brought it and it didn't exist there. I, I'm just speaking about what specifically it is that, that, that we brought which was a very um, kind of intentional and strategic way of instructing the students to, uh, to, to have knowledge of self and, and, and to love themselves and have pride and confidence, which then translated many times into greater academic success and just greater uh, kind of confidence and abilities even outside of school. And so, you know, seeing us bring that as a, as a team at Stonehurst in those early years really let me know that, okay, yes, this, I am doing the right thing. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be, you know, like 26 years later, you know, basically, you know, not down the street, down the street. practically from, from that school mm -hmm. at another Oakland school in East Oakland doing doing, you know, similar work in, in a different way, you know? I think also our 
unique backgrounds in terms of growing up as a part of the Chicano movement, as like children or grandchildren of the Chicano movement, mm -hmm. allowed us to bring our experiences into the classroom that helped us to design unique curricula, you know, un unique lessons that don't exist in any teacher's manual. They, they, it's not anything that's like specifically written down even today. There are organizations that are beginning to create design curriculum that can be used by, you know, folks across the state, across the country, but that didn't really exist back then for us. You know, it's like we had to create it from scratch and it allowed us to bring the experience of second, third generation Chicanos into classrooms of young folks that had never experienced this before because we have you know, we have a very diverse community of, of especially in, in the Latino community, it's, you know, folks are coming from everywhere. We've got mm -hmm. students that are, you know, first generation born here. We have students that are just arriving from Mexico, Central America, mm -hmm. and they don't know who Cesar Chavez is. Mm -hmm. They don't know who, you know, they, they know the history of their countries, but you know, we also had to create that foundation for them. Sometimes they don't even know that. Yeah, you know? exactly. But, yeah, but, but I mean, many do. They do. I hear you. I and know, they, I they bring you. that knowledge, but then, you know, they're they're suddenly transplanted here to the U.S. and they have no context, no understanding of what folks raised here have mm -hmm. experienced and how those experiences really do, they can blend and they're so connected. So we had to you know, get creative and how to provide that yeah. for them and ground them in this new country that they were in. Definitely. Um, and that, and that, that challenge was very much a gift, you know? Um, it, yeah. Um, I would say, cause you know, dang, that's a lack of madre. Like, you know, um, I guess I would say, yeah. And though it, in those days, especially, um, there, yeah, you're right. There was no um, real curriculum that that addressed that, especially in terms of raza. I have to say, you know, yes. um, but but in general, anything connected to ethnic studies or um, kind of more I, what some may call revolutionary or radical interpretations of history, which you know, those are kind of buzzwords now. But to me, it's it's more about just you know like. <laughs> the name of the podcast, teach the children the truth, you know, but um, it, it, looking at it along those lines, we we did create our own curriculum. Um, I do want to say, though, you know, it's the thing is a lot of that knowledge and, and information was out there and existed then. Um, it just wasn't in, in an organized way, especially in a way that was designed for any type of K-12 curriculum, right? Um, and so we did kind of create our own curriculum in that sense. And, you know, at, at the same time, you know, keep in mind all the while, you know, we're also very much focused on making sure that these children learn how to read and write mm -hmm. and, you know, do, do you know, have math skills. Right. And, and um, I mean, I could go on and on. There was still Absolutely. all those things, you know, even, things connected to art and science right. and it's a lot it, it's overwhelming what we're expected to do I, I dare i say you know impossible 
<laughs> I don't know. But part of the art of, of being a teacher and educating is, is making all that connect, you know, all, all that stuff. There are things that connect it together. And um, when students are inspired, when they, when they feel seen and empowered, they are motivated. And, um, and that is such a key to, I know how both of us roll in, the, in this right. thing, man, it is a huge part of it and it's real. I mean, I experienced it as a student and I want to give that gift to, to my students and, and the, the families I work with because it's a priceless gift. It, it's powerful and it's real. So it's a way of kind of juggling all the responsibilities and when and you notice i was hesitant to use the word impossible but i do think <laughs> i i do think is justified when we look at what teachers in general are actually expected to do you know supposedly technically when you look at it um yeah like what what they're expected to accomplish on a day-to-day -day basis it's i believe somewhat unrealistic but we do the very best we can. And I know that, um, you know, there's there's more success stories than than failures, I believe, in terms of this particular journey we're, we're talking about. I agree completely. Yeah. Yes. I hope you've enjoyed the first half of my interview with Mario Garcia. Please join us again next Wednesday on your local podcast platforms on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon for part two of Mario's empowering story in La Quech. <laughs>